0: Good morning. My name is Chris McDaniel, the senior pastor here at Trinity, and welcome to our daily podcast. I'm going to read a passage from uh, Matthew 14, and then we're going to pray and jump right in. No pun intended. This is the story of Jesus walking on the water. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat battered by the waves was far from the land for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking towards them on the lake. But when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart. It is I do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and started walking on the water, came towards Jesus but when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You have little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you for this passage in the Bible. I, I ask God that you would speak to us through the walking on the water moment, Jesus, that you had with your friends. I pray that you would show us how this works in our own lives and what you're inviting us to see. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I love this passage because it's Matthew's telling of one of the seven signs of Jesus. And if you've spent any amount of time around Trinity or around me, you know that I love the seven miracle signs of the first half of John's Gospel. So just as a refresher, Signs point in two directions. Number one, a sign tells us something about the heart of God. And number two, a sign tells us something about us, about the human condition, the hearts of people just like us. So we're going to look in both directions, God and people today. So as we walk through this story, I'm just going to highlight a number of things uh, that, I, that I see, things that stood out to me in my, my time of reflection. Here's the first one. Jesus takes time to be alone, to fill his tank. Um, while sending his friends out on ahead of him. So this, this moment uh, in, the, in the passage actually happens right after the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus has just uh, done massive output. He has uh, performed a miracle on a large scale. And I find it so instructive that Jesus immediately, after that output, he immediately moves to be alone to replenish and renew his tank, to fill his tank up. And he consistently does this. Uh, When you look at the Gospels, throughout Jesus's ministry, he would do output, input, or uh, as some call it, retreat and confront, confront and retreat. Jesus was always filling his tank after he uh, realized he was probably running low. And I just want to say, I think there's something in this for us. If we do things that diminish us, and we all have to, we must follow those by uh, life-giving renewal and replenishment. Jesus did it. It was good enough for him. It's good enough for you. But at the same time that Jesus went up the mountain, I find it so interesting that he tells his friends to go on ahead without him. And I think there are times where we, as the friends of God, sometimes find ourselves uh, being sort of out there on our own a little bit. Not, not because we've done something wrong, but actually because we've just taken the logical next step that Jesus has invited us to take. The disciples were not in sin, but they were without the immediacy of the presence of Jesus. They were stepping out without a total awareness that Jesus was right there with them, and they run into trouble. And I see this as uh, akin to like taking a step in your life and not being totally sure that God is... Um, told you exactly how it's going to work out or not being totally clear about uh, how near Jesus is and what he wanted you to do in the very next moment. His friends are just sort of out there in a tough spot. And that leads me to the second thing I want to reflect on, and it's this. Our boats or our lives tend to find themselves battered by wind and waves and far from land. What a picture I mean, the picture in this story is that the disciples are out in a boat with the wind against them, waves beating against them. Jesus is not in the boat. He's not far away, but he's not right there with them. And they're too far out to turn back. And they're too far away to feel confident that they're going to get to the point that they want to get to. They're, they're stuck in the middle. They're in a kind of no man's land. And they're they're having a hard time. And many of us probably can identify with that right now. We, we probably now, a lot of us feel like we're in a kind of no man's land, uh, uh, a stuck in the middle space. And if you're anything like me, when I'm in a, a crisis out in the middle, I'll, I oftentimes then just believe that it's really just down to me, that I've got to figure out a way to get through it. And when I'm struggling to get through a hard situation... I oftentimes develop tunnel vision. My world becomes oriented around the struggle and really nothing else. I have a hard time seeing anything but the fight in front of me. And lots of us can can identify with this. Uh, This is always true in life. When when I'm in a hard time, it's hard for me to see, but when you're in the middle of a pandemic and now we're in the middle of social and civil unrest in many of our cities, certainly in our city here in Atlanta, it's very easy to only see those things and, and kind of lose sight of God. So that leads me to the third thing I want to say. While the disciples are facing tunnel vision, while they are rowing and fighting and seeing only the struggle, Jesus actually moves close to them. The third thing I want you to reflect on this morning is Jesus' instinct is to move toward you when you are in the middle of a struggle, but, but you will have like the disciples, a difficult time recognizing him. So in the story, Jesus actually walks out on the water, but when they see him, and I don't think it was until he was relatively close to the boat, they think he's a ghost. They actually mistake God for someone bad. When we're in the middle of a fight, it's human nature to have a hard time seeing or sensing God. You may feel that right now. You may think, I don't feel God at all. I don't sense his presence at all. But the truth of the matter is just because i don't sense him it doesn't mean he's not moving toward me in the midst of my struggle god's instinct is to move toward us when we're in trouble our tendency when we're in trouble is to not recognize that movement that's why i think we need stories like this to remind me that god's probably closer to me than i think he is here's the fourth thing i want you to think about jesus is able to walk on that which seeks to overwhelm and overcome me so he, he's literally walking on the water and it was the water and the wind and the waves that w- was swamping the disciples. So in a very real way, God is sovereign over the things that overwhelm my life, over the things that frighten me. God is sovereign over COVID-19. God is sovereign over racial unrest. He is standing at the helm of all creation. He's not overwhelmed by the things that are overwhelming me. So what that does for me is it gives me the freedom to say, I am overwhelmed. And then it gives me the faith to say, God, you're not overwhelmed. You know, you can say both of those things at the same time. I am overwhelmed, but my story, the story of the scripture teaches me, God, you're not overwhelmed. The fifth thing I want you to think about is this, and this one's connected to Peter. I sink just like Peter When my circumstances fill up my field of vision. So as the story goes, Peter says, Jesus, if it's you, invite me to come out on the water. And before I say anything else, I just want to say, I don't understand why Peter gets a bad reputation. I mean, people pick on him for sinking. And I would just ask, like, if you're going to pick on Peter, what about the other 11 that didn't even step out of the boat, had no instinct to step out of the boat my little brother, I'm, I'm 10 years older than my brother, and he, when he was a little kid, my, my parents bought him this horrible uh, audio cassette tape called Gospel Duck. And it was this duck singing bad theology uh, to small children, which is just wrong on so many levels. Well, there was a, a title of that, of that album. Um, there was a song, and the refrain in the song was, don't be a chick, chick, chicken like Peter. And I just want to say, come on. Peter at least got out of the boat. Uh, He's the patron saint of people who risk and fail and then are picked up by Jesus. And that makes him the patron saint of me (laughs) because that's my life story, risking, failing in the arms of Jesus. Well, Peter steps out of the boat and at first it works. He is now also transcending his circumstances. He is now like Jesus above that which was overwhelming him. But the text says, when he noticed the wind... And I love that language. When he noticed the wind, when it became obvious to him and he began to look at the waves in the wind, he began to sink. And that's so true. When I'm noticing the wind, the downward trajectory of my life becomes more and more pronounced. What about you? Where are you noticing the wind right now? Where are your circumstances filling up your field of vision Jesus invites us to get our eyes and put our eyes back on him. If I'm looking at my circumstances, it's hard for me to look at God. It's hard for me to look at both. It's kind of an either or thing. But as soon as Peter cries out, Jesus reaches out, collects him, and he welcomes him into the boat. I mean, that's the way the story ends. And that leads me to the last thing I want to leave you with. Jesus wants to be welcomed into your boat and your boat is just your space your life. And I love the fact that it wasn't enough just for Jesus to walk near them or pass them. He he wanted them to welcome him in. So I just want to encourage you today to find ways to welcome God into your boat. I actually pray that every day. I say, God, I welcome you. Lord, I invite you into my life, into my space. And I would commend that same prayer to you. I would say this is a good time for us to say, I want you in my boat, even if my boat is in a tricky spot. God bless you. Go in peace. Amen.